This is the Talk About Wellness Podcast with your hosts and Eversight Wellness Practitioners. My name is Courtney Handelin. And I'm Tasha Schultz. Tasha, other than a fun play on words, why tacos? Well, just like a good taco has many different toppings, so does each person's path to wellness. That's right. And both tacos and wellness are customizable for each individual and with each season. And it's totally okay if it doesn't look the same as the next person's taco. Because it shouldn't. That's right. So we are excited to share our wellness knowledge and stories and tips with you in a fun, educational way. So let's taco about wellness. All right, welcome back, t- podcast listeners, to the Talk About Wellness podcast. My name is Courtney Handel, and, and today this is episode number thirty-four on the power of setting boundaries. And I have with me a very special guest, who hopefully you'll hear from more in the future, um, Andy Mitchell. She is our Everside Remote Licensed Clinical Social Worker. And Andy, I'm going to pass it over to you because I know you have a full background. Um, and history. So if you wouldn't mind, please share with our listeners a little bit about your role at Everside, your background, and maybe even a personal tidbit if you don't mind. Okay, awesome. Well, definitely, Courtney, thank you for having me today. I'm really excited to do a podcast. Um, So Courtney had mentioned I am a licensed clinical social worker. Um, A lot of my background at this point has been working with the military and then family populations as well. I did my undergrad in political science. I definitely thought I was going to grow up to be an attorney. That didn't happen, but I did become a therapist, so we still love that. And then I did my Master of Social Work um, at the University of South Carolina. And I've only been with Everside since August of this year, so still very new. Um, and then I am part of the Live Better team, which is our virtual platform for therapy um, and totally focusing 100% on mental health. Um, I guess kind of a fun fact, I currently live in West Texas with my fiance, and we have a corgi named Da Vinci. <laughs> oh, that's a fun name. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, do you um, call out the full name every time, or does your dog have all sorts of fun little nicknames? Oh, gosh. He probably has 30 nicknames. Oh, 30 names, yeah. He's great at nicknames. <laughs> I typically say Da Vinci or Vinci. Yeah. But yeah. so many names are it's funny that we are talking about setting boundaries today and you mentioned your dog. Um, I don't know how your dog is, but my dog is not very good at boundaries. <laughs> and she's good at she's good at holding her own boundaries, but it, oh, when, yes. when it comes to our boundaries, they're non-existent. Oh yeah, it's I go everywhere with you. You cannot exist unless we're in the same place and we're doing what I wanna do yeah. from the dog's point of perspective. Yes. And so yeah, very much the same. Yes. But then again, I don't know that I'd give my dog a lot of boundaries to follow, other than, like, be kind. Right, yes. Yeah, 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 that's true. I guess you have to think about, like, how you trained them, and and maybe there's, you know, there's a reason to train them to be, like, willing to let their boundaries bend, too, but, um, and maybe we'll get to that, of, like, what boundary bending looks like. I don't even know if that's an official term. I might have made that up, but, um, of course, the other reason I, I think that this is a really a powerful time to be talking about this is because as we're recording we're coming into the holiday season and there's lots of uh you know times where setting boundaries becomes important for your your own sanity um but we can we start with uh kind of the basics of like what does it mean to set boundaries okay and so obviously boundaries look different for everyone but the biggest way i've always defined it is it's an invisible line or a streak and it will be behaviors that we find acceptable. And so, you know, our boundaries are for our physical space, our emotions, ourselves. Um, and so something physical, you know, 
don't touch me when we're driving in the car or something very emotional be honest with me don't lie to me and then definitely like the follow-through on setting boundaries is probably the biggest thing we can have a thousand boundaries but if we never follow through if we never kind of give people consequences for breaking boundaries essentially we don't really have them Mm, I like that I I can we circle around that a little more of like if you're not following through or giving consequences those boundaries are basically non-existent um do you have some examples of how to tell like how can someone how can someone tap in and tell like oh that's why this keeps happening because I have not really actually created the boundary like what are some key signs or things that people should look for yeah and so one of the easiest ones I think is when someone says oh well I know you said give example you wouldn't go out after eight o'clock on a work day but do you really want to go to this thing and so a lot of times when you try to place put boundaries in place, people, one, label the boundary um, and try to use that as a way to either work around or just totally disregard it. And so there's that piece of you're like, oh, that, that was the boundary I told my friend's significant other about. And now they're like, nope, we're not going to follow that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finding ways to, one, consistently talk about boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so when friends are making plans, when we're at get-togethers or even family um, and thinking, you know, I don't go out on work nights or... When I do go out, I only go out if it works for my entire family schedule versus just my schedule. Um, and so the more we talk about them, the more normal they become. And then the same place of not giving consequences. Um, that could be something as simple as if my friend does not respect my boundary, we no longer do those kind of social activities together. Or I don't make space on my social calendar to hang out with this friend who consistently disregards what I requested. Yeah. Consequences are hard. Right, absolutely. Well, I think too, you know, as a parent, just think of like that child and and it's really stinks giving them that consequence and sometimes you want to give them like multiple chances or multiple warnings but but they just the habit's going to keep continuing to be there if they don't actually see the follow-through or the consequence um or like you said know that it's like this is really what's important to you um so can we talk a little bit about um why it's important to set boundaries that seems like a silly thing to ask but um you know sometimes we have to go to the basics yeah that is fine and so setting boundaries gives us those expectations for others and so those may look different um so like different family members may have different boundaries we may have different boundaries with like our partner versus our children or co-workers um bosses supervisors as well and so in creating those they know you know every time i interact with andy or courtney this is the expectation Like, I don't get to make jokes about this certain thing, or I have to be more concrete when asking for things versus dancing around topics and plans. Um, And then I think a lot of people feel, you know, boundaries have so many rules and there's the expectations, but there's also a lot of benefits to boundaries. Like, they exist for a reason. Um, It's, we think of, you mentioned kids, um, if they don't know what the expectation is, how are they supposed to know kind of anything? How am I supposed to act in this place? Or how am I supposed to do anything with my adult human? The same same goes for adults. And we have to think, if there is no expectation or no boundary, essentially it's kind of a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. That's not fun. The brain likes expectation. Um, it likes following rules, understanding the rules, um, and then finding ways to exist with other people. Yeah, right. Well, and I think it, it sounds like it's important to know your audience, too, and, like, you might have different yes. boundaries or expectations with different people. Absolutely. And, and I would think it'd be kind of hard to assume that everyone you interact with socially 
would have the same boundaries because we are <laughs> right. all so different. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so what are some steps that someone could take if they are thinking like, okay, I need to start setting better boundaries or setting them at all? Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is like understanding you deserve boundaries. A lot of times as parents, employees, there's this idea of I should be readily available to everyone and anything for any kind of situation. Mm-hmm. That works well for some people temporarily, but that definitely can lead to burnout, a lot of stress, anxiety about interactions, um, or just expectations. Um, and so acknowledging that we do need these to exist. And then the other piece, sitting down and kind of thinking, what do you want those to look like? Um, so is it, you know, we do have some boundaries that are kind of lax in certain friendships or relationships. We want those to be more of a hard line, or maybe we totally want to scrap what we've been doing before and kind of redo everything. Um, and then following that with, what are my needs and wants out of boundaries? Like mm-hmm. for me, is it a physical safety? Is it I am burnt out and I need more of a gap or a space between certain social interactions or my professional life and my personal life? And then also knowing, we've talked about this like three times already, knowing they look different for everyone. So like my partner's probably gonna have very different boundaries with me than my coworker or a friend that's I just know socially out and about. And then always communicating them. Sometimes people are like, this is my boundary, I have to follow it. Yes, but we still have to do that in like a kind, respectful manner. Mm-hmm. I don't want to follow anyone's boundary if they're gonna be really mean to me about it. I'm like, cool, like I'm just never gonna interact with you again. Um, so we don't need a boundary. And so finding ways to, you know, still enforce your boundaries, but it's still respectful. It's still, you know, in a positive way of like I'm doing this for myself, not to push people away, not to be mean, things like that. Yeah. So I'm guessing this kind of work, like this, is a lot of probably starting internally, right, with the self. And that, is there any, like, recommended or best practice way to do it? Or is it whatever works best for the individual between, like, taking time to think about it or journal or, like, talk with a therapist or a friend, like, trusted person who's, like, not the one you're setting boundaries for? I don't know. Does that make sense? Okay, yes. And so I think that's really going to be dependent upon everyone. Like some people yeah. are very analytical and they need to sit with a journal and kind of like write down past experiences of like I had this boundary and this is how it was um, either disrespected or disregarded. And then some people it's very much are like they go to that direct person and like, hey, this was the boundary. You didn't follow through or you tried to push me kind of against my boundary. Um, and so I think it really depends on people. So kind of what your own self is and how you know you best learn and interact. And then even the person you have the boundary with because that could look we could be very different mm-hmm. in how I expect boundaries to be followed and how either my friend or coworker does. Yeah. But I do think that's very, most people, I would think, would be pretty insightful of knowing, you know, what works best for me, especially if I've tried to kind of put boundaries in place, mm-hmm. but I haven't really sat with them and then I can't figure out why they work. That'd be a very good reason as to why they might not be working because I might have just made them on a whim. Right. Instead of actually being intentional about them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I could see too where some like talking with a therapist. <laughs> Um, might be helpful, you know, a helpful way to, to figure out, like, have you actually set the boundary or like, how was that communicated? What's working? What's not working sort of things. Um, I wonder too, like for, for someone who feels like they have set a boundary, actually, let me back up for someone who's struggling to set a boundary, let's say, you know, the holidays coming up, and maybe it's a relative, someone that really, they get just 
can't handle at this time of the year, but they know they're going to have to see them. Do you have any, this is really offhanded, so if you don't, it's okay, but do you have any tips or recommendations for someone of like, how do you approach that conversation with someone that like, you know, this, we need to step back or I'm really uncomfortable when you're ta- when you talk about X, Y, Z or any tips okay. for that? Yes. And so I actually really love that question. I love working with family dynamics and that is something we talk about all the time, not just holidays. Um, my favorite part of being an adult is I get to make my own choices. And so when it comes to things like whether it's topics or, you know, it's Christmas dinner and people are talking about politics mm-hmm. and all the different yeah. things that we say we don't talk about at family. <laughs> yeah. Um, and taking those and being like, that's cool if the eight other people want to talk about it, but like, I'm just going to excuse myself for a little bit. Um, I would like to say most adults probably don't engage in a bickering argue, arguing match over that. I know that definitely happens in some households. Mm-hmm. And so thinking like, what do I need to do to feel safe in my space mm-hmm. or whoever's space we're visiting? So is that, you know, walking away, just calmly telling them we're not going to have those conversations. Um, and then obviously the edit dynamics of having potentially children in that space of, you know, those are just not, not things we talk about with our five-year-old at this point. Um, and so finding different ways we can, one, frame it for the family member who doesn't want to hear about it or always want to talk about it. Sometimes there's always, we joke, there's like that uncle that always brings up politics. Yeah. Um, and so thinking like, you know, when Uncle Johnny starts talking about politics, we're going to go look at Christmas lights around the neighborhood. And so finding ways to excuse ourselves if we're not in a place where we feel comfortable enough to like very directly address it and be like, you know, those conversations aren't okay or that's not a very nice thing to say about your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like too, um, and I don't know if this is really setting boundaries, but maybe a, a mental shift of sometimes if I'm with a, a family member who, you know, I know they're going to bring up the, inevitably bring up that conversation that's uncomfortable and, and it, you know, when it does happen, maybe there's like a, you know, a mental talk with myself of like, just smile and be polite. Like you don't have to engage in this, just pretend you're listening. Yeah. Or the like making eye contact with someone else in the room who I know feels the same way I do about what this person is saying that we can like have that little secret code of like, yep, here we go. <laughs> like yeah. let's breathe together, <laughs> get through this together. Yeah, so I definitely think there's still that space and I kind of like tell people, you know, pick whatever feels good. If it is, we still stay in the space and we kind of just sit connect with the cousin that gets it mm-hmm. um, or it is we totally excuse ourselves mm-hmm. um, but either way that's still a boundary and so yeah. whether it is we're comfortable being in the space or not we're totally losing ourselves the great place of that is it's our choice and we're getting we can't control the whole experience but we can control how it affects us and how we interact with it yeah I love that so um and that kind of falls into my next question you we, you referenced a couple of times before that like boundaries might look different with different relationships um i don't know is that something that we can dive into a little bit more about how like it uh, certain things might look different between your spouse or partner versus friends versus you know parents work kids aunt uncle the crazy aunt uncle you know absolutely and so there's definitely always going to be spaces where some people are very easy Mm -hmm. to um, present and then enforce our boundaries with and some that are really really hard we kind of think on a spectrum. Typically, our partners or spouses, we view the world the same. We interact with the world pretty similarly. Um, and so they're usually probably our easiest person to have boundaries with. Um, and then followed by that, we'll say maybe like our close friends, our best friends, maybe siblings, depending. Um, and then parents and work. Parents and work are that place of, you know, this is how our family works. You know, a lot of people, the mindset is we give our lives and existence to our employment. 
um, and that there are no boundaries in some of those spaces. So it's not even that we're not enforcing them. It's sometimes parents and work, we don't even think there are boundaries to be had. Um, and so my, my idea with partners being the easiest is, you know, maybe we have some kind of new boundary or expectation in the household. If I guess if we are sharing a home at this point, um, maybe we only have to remind them once or twice to be like, Hey, I would like us to do blah, blah, blah. Or there is this expectation of, you know, we always take the trash out after we cook dinner, something very simple. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe a couple reminders are more than sufficient. And they're like, yep, we're on the same page. That's what we're going to do. Some of those distant relationships, like parents work, um, or even maybe it could be a friend, sibling, where boundaries are consistently broken or very much or always challenged a lot of the time. Um, that was kind of that reminder where they're like, oh, you know, I know you said you didn't want to mm -hmm. do this thing, but I'm still going to try and bring it up and see if you'll do it. Um, those obviously take significantly more reminders and requests um, from us. And then kind of going into the what do we think motivation is? Like, do I really think I'm some boring person that shouldn't go out at 8 o'clock on a work night? No, there's a reason we made that boundary. Maybe we get up at, you know, 4 a.m. to go to work. Or maybe we know if we aren't in bed by 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, we are really grumpy the next day. And so kind of sometimes we need our own personal reminders to think of, one, why do I have these boundaries? Um, and then, once again, why do I need to enforce it? And so I think a lot of people are really, really fearful about enforcing or kind of holding those boundaries for others. Um, and then the expectation is, oh, you know, if I push Andy enough, she'll break that boundary and she will go have drinks or dinner with me at eight o'clock on a Tuesday. So. Well, I love that you brought that up about parents, too. I think as like as you become an adult and, you know, we have all struggled through this as we're in like our pre-adolescent, you know, kind of phase of those teenage years, like trying to push for your own independence. And then once you're adult and you have it, I mean, some... I'm sure it doesn't happen all the time, but I, I think there's lots of people who struggle with it. Like they feel like anything their parents ask for, they must do, or like they have to keep following with those old family traditions or whatever it might be. Um, but I appreciate that you brought that up. It was like, it's probably going to take more. Like you're gonna have to yeah. continually keep that boundary there or remind them of like, no, I can't. And that parent might be like, oh, please. Oh, what do you think about coming to this event? Like. Um, so then you're saying a good thing to do is to check in with yourself and remind yourself, like, why did I set this boundary? Why is this boundary important for me and my family? Like, no, we can't go to this because it's really important for my family to do this instead, or this always happens at this event. And until that stops, my family is really not comfortable going. I mean, I think that's so helpful. What about with work? Because you're right. We do feel, um, kind of trapped but how can you create your own are there any spaces where you can generally it's good to create your own boundaries at work what are the recommendations there I'm sure it's different for everyone you know different yeah. jobs but um, are there any places that people should be thinking about with workside boundaries yeah absolutely and like I would mentioned before work is that place like we give 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 mm -hmm. um there is kind of the receiving end of like yes we get a paycheck, paycheck. Care, so right wonderful things guys right. employment but then there's that piece of like some people are willing to give because sometimes they like too much yeah or like their entire existence to a company or a place of work um and so thinking very basic kind of boundaries in the workplace um i do not have work emails on my personal cell phone um if i have a work phone or a work device they would be on there um but when it is just my personal phone nope if people need to call me they can get in touch with me <laughs> mm -hmm. but not gonna never ever having email work emails on my personal device um and then some, also like framing your work day. 
um, when people are salary, I'm I'm 100% remote. And so those two things put together, sometimes places and place of employment, I will say not ever, so it's not been my experience. Um, you are readily available at all times. Like there is no reason you would ever need PTO or that you wouldn't be responding to emails at nine, 10 o'clock at night. Um, and those are all places we can, you know, set a schedule of, you know, I'm available from this time to this time. Um, and then taking your vacation is a wonderful, wonderful thing people should all be doing. We as Americans yes. do not go on vacation enough, um, especially when we have companies that give us paid vacation day. Right. Um, and so thinking in those ways of, you know, what does my schedule look like? What is my accessibility to coworkers and supervisors? Um, in the same way of like, if I am on vacation, is my supervisor calling me, asking me to fill in because someone called out sick or there's this expectation of I'm always working, always doing. Um, and then trying to think if there's another place I would stick in there for expectations. Um, I don't know. I think it's probably, it, a lot of people have the skill. I was going to say it might be a therapist learned thing too, um, of really compartmentalizing work. Like when I log off for work, we are done for the day. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not thinking about it. I'm not worried about the next day. Like it'll all be there when I get back. Um, I do see how that could be a lot harder for people, um, especially when we do spend a lot of time making work kind of the forefront of our lives. Right. I think, I mean, those are all really good points. And I'm sure part of it, like I said, is it depends on what your specific role looks like. But yeah. but a lot of times I think we, we just forget that we can have boundaries or we feel like yeah we need to make ourselves available but if you look around that's not really being required um and hopefully not modeled <laughs> that yeah. you need to like make yourself available when you're on pto um so i think it's giving yourself permission to set those boundaries and feel okay with yeah. that but then yeah like you said part of it too is just doing everything you can to like shut that off and leave work at work even if your work is at home but kind of like when that computer's closed we're done and we're like just gonna let go of that you know, too, sometimes it can be helpful if, um, to do, like, meditations after, like, kind of just taking some deep breaths just to kind of let that day go and move into your your personal space. Um, can we talk a little bit about, so if someone's working through all this and they're, they're, they're thinking, like, okay, I do need to take more time to put in more effort to set boundaries, um, how does that improve your relationship is there any studies that support that or I mean I'm guessing obviously yes, yes there's support for that but yeah there are lots of things I don't know how long I mean they, the idea of boundaries is kind of coined by like self-help authors mm-hmm. um but we I'd say pretty consistently it's been like workplace culture and things like that for at least probably the past 30 40 years for sure um so definitely your studies and one of the biggest things is even if it doesn't feel like it at first. Um, so we think of any kind of habit or expectation boundary. Um, sometimes they feel upfront and that feels like, oh, this isn't working. Why am I doing it? Why am I trying? Um, but we know, and even science has proved this already, when we do hold boundaries and expectation, it does improve our relationships with others. So whether that's parenting, coworkers, um, significant others, friendships, family, um, because they know what to expect from us. And so there's no confusion about whether or not I'm going to be busy at nine o'clock on Tuesday. No, I'm going to be busy in my bed. sleeping. <laughs> um, and so no one's making plans with me on a weeknight. Um, and so it's giving consistency to everyone in our lives as well as ourselves. And so we're not living in this place of, I'm a very, very social person. I'm all about having a social calendar and doing fun things. Um, but then there's another piece of like, I need, I have to budget in like alone time on my social calendar because I like to do so much. Mm-hmm. And so knowing, I can still have, you know, good, healthy relationships, 
but everyone knows I'm not going on on the weeknight, and that's just how it goes. <laughs> I realize I've mentioned that so many times today, but that's like the hardest <laughs> boundary for myself to follow, um, and it's one that consistently pops up in my life. You right. Know? Um, and so thinking, um, when they when other people have that expectation with us, they know what we're willing to accept and not accept, and that there's no wiggle room around that. And the brain loves expectation. Um, it loves to know what's going on and where we kind of are in the world. Um, and so we're just recreating kind of those positive synapses for ourselves, for others. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, there's less problems if people know what the expectation is. So they know what it is, how to follow it. And then we don't even have to have additional conversations or we don't have to continue working things out. Um, and so it's a much easier place to have those expectations, enforce them, and then noticing how relationships, we're not arguing about plans every Tuesday night because they already know I'm not going. Right. So it doesn't come up. Yeah, I'm guessing it probably helps you to just feel more secure and um, secure is not the word I was looking for, but just more in touch with yourself too, right? When you take time to to think about those boundaries and, and honor the boundaries. And I mean, I always try to, I, I shouldn't say always, I'm learning to stop and think before I just say yes to every plan that's offered. This kind of what you're saying of like, how is this going to impact my family? How is it going to impact um, the workflow and, you know, that our home life for this day and also the next day, you know, if it's an evening thing, like how is this going to impact what the next day looks like? Um, and I find that that is really a helpful thing to think about as I'm making, you know, uh, uh, being willing to commit to invitations or not um, when I think about how that impacts um, or how's it, how it feels when I don't honor those things. Yeah. Um, and that really is a helpful way to go about it. Um, I wonder if we could shift gears a little bit and talk about um, social media um, and maybe how that, first let's talk about like, how does that play into boundaries and, and setting boundaries or not setting boundaries? Okay, and so social media boundaries are kind of their own world. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it's, I think a lot of the boundaries we set for like our physical space um, of like, you know, who we interact with, um, who we work with, the people we have friendships with are so much easier in the physical space than it is in social media. Um, for one, social media, we can access someone, you know, gazillions of miles away from us um, who just share a similar interest and maybe we don't have much else in common. Um, but we still need those some kind of boundaries when it comes to like enforcing, you know, like our access to it. Like we could obviously spend hours and days on social media and nothing productive happened in our life yet other than like scrolling and liking things and responding to stuff yeah um, and then also the piece of like who we're interacting with um and so like who we're following who we're interacting with um i know we talked about that uncle mm-hmm. we kind of all probably have that friend or uncle on social media too um that kind of shares things and we're like whoa what's happening over there sometimes we comment sometimes we don't and that being a boundary of like you know am i going to argue with people on social media am i going to let social media give me some kind of physical reaction to posts or interactions and things like that Um, And then obviously social media for a lot of people may be kind of their biggest social interactions. Um, For someone who does work remotely or is a single person, um, maybe is child-free and thinking, you know, that may be where they see most of their friends or catch up with people or catch up with family members. Um, And so they still, the people on there um, and the things we interact with need to have similar boundaries. They might not be the exact same as our in-person interactions, um, but they still will have a piece of like, you know, I'm not going to argue with someone about politics on Instagram or -hmm. Facebook. Um, And then even building those, I think the boundaries we have with ourselves are some of the hardest ones to follow. 
um, we can very easily talk ourselves in and out of something of, oh, well, I'm just going to leave a funny gif on their post versus just, or a sarcastic, funny is probably not the right word, uh, a sarcastic response on there versus like typing them a paragraph I really want to type them. Um, and so I definitely think I even have on my computer here um, kind of little reminders. <laughs> and so they're little things of like, I'm all about a post-it. I'm about post-its <laughs> everywhere in yeah. my office. Um, but thinking like just post-it reminders, whether it is like, you know, just be intentional on social media mm -hmm. or, you know, giving myself a timer. Smartphones now have settings where we can set how long we can have access to things. Originally designed for children, but have absolutely used that on myself because sometimes same. I just scroll them too much. Yes, same. Um, <laughs> even calendar reminders of like, you know, I'm taking lunch from so-and-so to so-and-so time. Sometimes on there, it will literally be like 30 minutes on TikTok. Do not spend your entire hour scrolling on TikTok watching videos. Right. Be intentional with your time. Um, and then another easy thing could maybe be like backgrounds on your cell phone or your desktop computers, things like that. It's different ways to remind ourselves of like, we do have boundaries and whether it's boundaries we're putting on ourselves or those are boundaries for other people um, that we're just aware and intentional about how we're doing those. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we could probably have an entire podcast just on social oh, media just so and like how it impacts your, your yeah. mental, emotional health um, for, for good or bad. Um, yes. But yeah, those like setting, you know, that's a perfect place place to like you said practice setting boundaries with yourself using those timers or like how you said like using your time intentionally and you know maybe that is 10 to 20 minutes of just scrolling and looking at things that make you feel happy but also deciding how much you're going to engage in things that maybe make you especially things that um bring up negative feelings or reactions yeah. for you yeah i think that's really good um and i think practicing with that boundary setting, maybe I'm repeating myself, but I think that that's a good place to just really practice that boundary setting and honoring that for yourself and another hard place yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. And even then like people don't know if we're not following through with our own boundaries on social media. So it's a little easier to kind of test them and be like, okay, maybe 10 minutes of social media scrolling wasn't enough and I want to do 20. And so there's no place in there for people to necessarily question us as much as it would mm -hmm. kind of an in-person right. um, boundary. And so that really lets us fill out, you know, what we need, what we feel, and those can change. Like none of these things we set as boundaries have to be something we follow for the rest of forever. Right. Like it can look different today, tomorrow, but we do have to communicate those to people that we find important. Right. So they're aware too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's I one thing that is nice about a lot of those social media platforms is you can really customize and create boundaries there too, not only with the timer, yes. but like whose stuff do I want to see? Who do I not want to see? But maybe I still like follow them or like them or I'm friends with them so that there's, you know, there's no, they're not like questioning that, but I don't have to actually see what they're posting. Yeah. Um, and when they came up with the take a break feature yeah. on Facebook and what's the other one? Um, like you can, you can be friends with someone, but you don't see any of their posts. Yes. Like more than not take a break. Yeah. That was wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I think that's really smart. And I think too, you know, for anyone that's struggling with social media as a whole, I mean, I've done in the past like a 30 days of no social media and it was hard, but then I found like other, I found that I had extra time that I didn't realize I yeah. had. So I think that can be a good place too, is like quitting cold turkey for a little bit with, with anything, you know, you can use that anywhere. Yeah. Even if it's just like doing it for a week, if 30 days seems like too much. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing that could be applied to a lot of boundary things too, 
you know, as long as you communicate, like, I just need to cut this off for, you know, X amount of time and then let's reconnect. Um, let's see, any other tips that you were hoping to share or anything that we didn't cover or dive into as much as you wanted to? Um, one thing I thought about, because we talked, we have talked a, lot, a good bit about like parenting and families, mm -hmm. um, is this kind of also obviously we have boundaries with our kids. <laughs> we hope, yeah, we yeah. Um, and then also having boundaries with the parents of our kids' friends, mm. and so kind of that idea of just because our kids, we we all know our kids are out of school, doesn't mean we're making plans or we're always going places, always doing things, always having a full calendar. Mm -hmm. um, and so like available time is not free time to be with other people. And so obviously we can prioritize that of like, yeah, on Fridays, Saturdays, I do want to hang out with my friends and be social. Um, but then also the whole family knows that expectation. And so it's not that our kids are making plans um, and now we're, they're 12. And so we have to take them to the plans because they can't drive mm -hmm. um, and finding different ways to communicate that too. Obviously age appropriate kids, like 12 year olds just want to be fun all the time and love that for them. Yeah. Um, but also knowing, knowing like it has to be a priority for both all sets of parents and everyone kind of involved. Yeah, that's a good a good reminder, especially coming into the where oh, we're coming into. Yeah, and you know, thinking of like breaks and stuff. Um, well, I appreciate that you said that too with parenting, and and kind of setting boundaries with your kids. I think as a parent, that becomes really hard, right? Yeah. Be especially like I'm just thinking if I'm at home with my children they expect me to be available at every moment. Like, and let's say I'm not even working, but you're also human. I try to remind myself of this, of like, I'm also human. And so I might need time to do whatever I need to do, whether that's go to the bathroom or maybe I just want to watch, look at a couple Instagram things, you know, by myself for a little bit or, you know, listen to a podcast or read a book. Um, and I, I keep re having to remind myself too that like it's important for me to sh teach my children and to model like how to set boundaries. So yes. um, do you have any tips for that? Yes, absolutely. Um, and so thinking, and like you mentioned the word model is a great one, of the kids need to see us doing those same things. And so like they need to see us practice boundaries with our parents. <laughs> and obviously getting a boundary from your five-year-old might be kind of hard the first time. But that is so, that'd be great. Like, that'd be something to be really excited about after the fact. Um, but, like, having them see you do boundaries with your parents, with your friends, with your partner, um, with your pet, if that's a thing. Some pets, you know, don't have any boundaries. Um, <laughs> and so thinking of ways, how can we model that for our kids? And then the same way, also, them having to learn kind of the hard way um, mm -hmm. of as adults, we get our own boundaries and kids have to respect those too. Mm -hmm. um, and so that could be a lot of kind of failure moments of you know maybe I am going to the bathroom and they're laying on the floor beside me again yeah um and then maybe that is where we put a harder physical boundary of when I go to the bathroom I shut and lock the door mm -hmm. and like you will be self-sufficient for the 95 seconds you're over there <laughs> yeah um and so any kind of way we can take something to make a practicing moment for our kid um of maybe we practice what this boundary is going to look like in the target bathroom mm -hmm. each time we go in mm -hmm. of you know if they're old enough to stand outside the door if they actually need to be in the stall with us obviously if that boundary's kind of gone they're a toddler right um but when they get to that age if they're a little more self-sufficient they can use the restroom by themselves um there's so many ways we can practice scenarios mm -hmm. um and then always making something a game for kids is probably the easiest way to get any kind of buy-in of uh you know let's see how long you can stay on the other side of the door and mom goes to the bathroom and we pretend to go to the bathroom um and then just see and then always referencing that in the future of 
remember that time mom had to go to the bathroom and you were able to stand there for three whole minutes and like not get upset or not freak out or not cry or not run away, whatever kind of boundary can you do there for your kids? Um, and kind of reinforcing that, look, we had this really awesome behavior and we can always use that in the future. Um, and kids love to feel accomplished, like anything we can kind of reward them with in the future of, you know, positive behavior, positive um, reinforcement. Most of the time, they're all about that. Yeah, right. Well, and I think, I mean, I love what you said, too, about just reminding them, too, of like, I need this, like, I'm going to yes. do this, and I just need this time for myself. Like, I'm going to close the bathroom door and lock it because I'm going to the bathroom, and I would like, you know, privacy. Yeah, to be there for myself. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, and and practicing that. Um, what about? Do, are there any resources that you uh really like that you recommend? Books or podcasts or etc. Yes, um, so there are. We could probably Google boundaries, um, <laughs> boundary books, and there's hundreds, maybe thousands of them at this point. Yeah. Um, two of my favorites though, um, are Better Boundaries by Jan Black, um, and then Where to Draw the Line by Anne Catherine. So that okay. second one does have an audiobook and a Kindle version. The first one, I'm pretty sure it only comes in hardback, so you'd have to, like, actually buy the book. I don't okay. think there's any, like, electronic downloads for that one. Okay. Um, both really look at, you know, very typical experiences of, like, you know, how do I talk, have this conversation with my partner, very everyday life things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the idea of most boundaries are healthy. Um, and so thinking, you know, what's the benefit of boundaries? What can I get out of boundaries? Um, and continuing to build on those because they should change. Our boundaries at 12 aren't going to be the same when we're 25 or 45. Right. Um, and ways to kind of accommodate that throughout life. Um, and then thinking like our relationship with ourselves will forever be the most important. Um, and so when we think, you know, if I can't take care of me and kind of my expectations of how I interact in the world, how am I doing that for others? How am I doing that as a parent, a partner, a friend, um, any kind of professional world? Um, and so the first one, um, Better Boundaries, looks a lot at that piece of taking care of yourself and learning to see how boundaries can help improve your own self. Um, and then for podcasts, I absolutely love podcasts. Um, I'm also a big audiobook person, so that's why I recommended one audiobook <laughs> for people. Um, obsessed with Glennon Doyle, the We Can Do Hard Things podcast. Oh, yes, um, I love that one. a lot of episodes that yeah. talk about boundary building and things like that. Yeah. Um, but a very recent one that came out this past week is titled Just Boundaries. Okay. Um, and it says, you know, our are too few or too many and then why we stay stuck so they really go through and talk about um why we make them you know am i too lax am i too harsh um and then glennon always kind of focuses on you know relational things Mm -hmm. um, since she's married and then the other piece of like being a parent Mm -hmm. too and Mm -hmm. then she also co-parents with her ex and so they kind of cover all of those kind of adult spaces um and then two podcasts another two that focus on um boundaries are the boundaries.me podcast um it's by gosh, Dr. Something Another, it's a guy, um, and his whole work, kind of, of research and everything up to this point has been totally on boundaries, mm-hmm. um, so every podcast, every episode has some kind of focus on boundaries, whether it's relational, friendship, work, things like that, sure. um, and then another one, I just found this one about a week ago, was the Unbreakable Boundaries podcast, okay. and she does a little more, a better mix of, like, um, having guests on, and them talking about their experiences with um, either building or they building boundaries, spelling boundaries, rebuilding boundaries, um, and kind of what those look like kind of across the span of life in different professions, very different people. Cool. And I can definitely send you links to all of those. Yeah, yeah. Then we can link them in the show notes um, for our listeners. 
Okay, <laughs> that was a lot. Anything yeah, else that you wanted? Three in each section. Yeah, yeah. Anything else you wanted to add for today? Um, that's about it. I do appreciate you having me. This is really fun. I know we kind of checked in last week to talk about it, and I was like, boundaries? Like, that's a therapist's world. Like, we yeah. love those. Yeah, so, right. So many places. Yeah. Boundaries in life. Well, and so much different, you know, so much room to grow and and yes. and develop and like you said kind of constantly be evaluating evaluating and like changing and adapting um and and coming back to like your inner core of like why is this important to me and yeah. or what is important to me um well thank you so much andy for chatting with me today about setting boundaries um oh also in the show notes you know i'll have our listeners can find our well-being webinar on setting boundaries as well if they want to um kind of go down another path for that um other than that i hope uh that you have a great day andy and our listeners and uh, that we can all move forward with especially in this holiday season with a little more confidence in those boundaries and, and why we need to prioritize them yep absolutely thank you for having me yeah thank you I'm so glad we got to talk about wellness today, Tasha, and thanks to our audience for joining us. If you have any questions from today's episode or a myth you'd like us to bust, send us an email. For our Wellness Center participants, if you'd like to dive in deeper on anything we discussed today, give us a call or an email and we'll schedule a coaching appointment. Everyone can find us on YouTube and Facebook at Waukesha Employee Health and Wellness. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from so you never miss an episode. Join us on the first Tuesday of every month for Taco Tuesday. Until then, bye everyone.